but to follow Jesus. I know in this house that I got some of you that follow straight A. But I got some of you that are on the elementary level as my bird dogs are. You're hunting, but you don't hunt like them boys did. I mean, you, you go hunting, but whoo, we got some things to learn. Do you hear what I'm saying? Thank you. <laughs> if adults don't speak, children will. Amen. Turn to Mark 10. Let's start out looking from the very foundation of what all this looks like. If I don't get to the outline, Jody, don't find I'm having fun. Can I have fun today? I'm so tired I can't hardly walk. Can I have fun with these preachers? Because I didn't have fun yesterday. I couldn't hit the birds. I was shooting as good as Brian, and we was missing like crazy. My dogs wasn't doing what I thought they ought to be doing, and his was perfect. So I was, I'm a little depressed today. So let me at least have fun preaching. Would you please let me say amen if I can have fun today? Y'all ain't going to work because it's going to burn y'all. I'm, I'm, but anyway, thank you for giving me permission. 10.28. Then Peter began to mention all that he and the other disciples had left behind. We've given up everything to follow you, Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's complaining. Peter... Is crying the blues. Y'all know what that means to cry the blues? You're complaining about going to school, and then you're complaining about the lunch, and then you complain about mama having to put you in after school, and then you complain because then you got to go to college and finally learn how to study. Fourth year of college, I got it. I learned how to make an A, but I didn't remember a thing. But I made an A on test. Some of you complaining because you ain't making enough money. Some of you complain. I don't know. Hope you're not complaining because you make too much. Some of you complaining because this one's got this and this one's got that and, and I don't have that. This is what Peter's doing. Jesus, I left all for you. I gave it all up. And I've been serving you just as perfect as I can. And and he's complaining here. And Jesus said in verse 29 to his reply, I assure you, Peter, every one that has given up brothers, house, sisters, mother, brother, children, property, For my sake and for the sake of the gospel, here's what he says. You will receive, I'm going to stop right there because I hear people say this all the time. I'm going to serve Jesus no no, matter, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. Because I know when I die, I'll get it then. I mean, Jesus is not going to bless us down here now. If we serve him, we're going to suffer We're going to go through heartache. You will, if you do it right. We're going to have people stick their finger in our face and say that we're bigots. Probably will. But I like what Jesus said about this thing. 
He said, you are received now in return a hundred times over, over houses that you've given up. Hang on, my, my eyes are jumping. I'm having, I'm having too good a time. Over brothers and sisters that may you might have upset. Mother and father or children or property for my namesake. You are received now in return a hundred times over. Houses, brother, sister, and so forth with persecutions. And in the world to come, they, you will have eternal life. In other words, you're not going to just be blessed now. But eternally, you're going to be blessed with eternal life. I like that. Now, I'm not preaching the gospel of prosperity here. That's not what I'm saying. God said that if you follow me, you follow my son, it may get rough. (laughs) But I'm going to bless you. But you got to do it my way. You got to follow me the way I tell you to do it. Well, how is that? Well, to follow Jesus, we, you don't follow him without a purpose. You don't just wake up, I'm going to follow Jesus. And you just lollygag and suck on suckers all the time and have a good time. No. You follow Jesus with purpose. And if you don't have a clue, you ain't going to follow Jesus. That doesn't mean he's going to give you all the knowledge all at the time that you say, I want to follow you, but you've got to follow him because he has a purpose. You have to follow him no matter what happens with gratitude, and, and the ultimate purpose for us serving is the gospel that we get to share. If you're doing it for any other purpose, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Following Jesus is not without a price. Sometimes you do have to give things up. Sometimes you don't. When my wife and I headed off to Bible college, we didn't have anything anyway. The dean said, save $1,000. Put it in the bank. Come on. Took us about 20 years. No, I'm just kidding. Took, a, took us a little while to do that. Sold a few things. Had $1,000. We took off. When we went, we didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know where we were going to get a house. We didn't know nothing. We just left. Some of you say, I can't believe you did that. We did that. And in two weeks, our furniture was coming. When we got there, the next night, we had our place to live. I ain't believe $100 a month. And it took two weeks for our stuff to get there. I said, we're going to have to spend some of this $1,000. I don't think two weeks I can stay in the same pair of underwear. It'd be bad news. I can tell you this with all honesty. I know for a fact God called me in the ministry. I know for a fact God called me to preach. But God called all of us to follow Jesus. And it doesn't matter whether you're a plumber, electrician. It doesn't matter whether you're in sales, running a forklift. It doesn't matter whether you're in whatever it is. You're, you're called to follow Jesus. Matthew, even you're a doctor. Boy, I wish I had your knowledge now, Matthew. I'm having to sit with 
Dr. Little and Dr. Park, and I look at them like, are they seeing the ignorance through me? Scares me. I need to call you sometime. Just get some counsel with doctors. They make me nervous. I don't even like to see a needle, and I'm sitting down with people and operate on you. I'm looking at that baby might be sizing me up to cut me. Following Jesus is not without a promise. What's the promise? The promise is you will be restored whatever you give up. That's a promise. And then you'll have eternal life for the rest of your life. He uses the word in John 1.43 to follow. He told Philip, follow me. In, in Luke 5.27, he told Levi, come and follow me. In Matthew 4.19, he told Peter and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In Matthew 9.9, he said to Matthew, follow me. Now, let me ask you something. What if Jesus had done that to you and me? You meet him for the first time. He says, Butch, follow me. Mike, lay it down, whatever you're doing, and follow me. Would would y'all have done that? I mean, sometimes I think we don't realize what they just did. They just follow me. Follow me. That takes faith. That takes trust. And they didn't really know who Jesus was. I was eight years old, and I walked out. I walked down in front of the church, and, and they had cards at eight years old. I, didn't even, I don't even know if I could write at eight. Maybe I could. But I remember somebody helped me fill out a card. And they said, you got saved. I did. Hallelujah, I'm saved. They baptized me. But then on a Sunday night, after living like a hellion as a teenager, because then I got to find out what all that wayward stuff was all about, the preacher was preaching on the prodigal son. And I was somewhere about where Mike and Tammy sitting here, and all the, not here, but up there. And the Holy Spirit just got all over me. I don't know that I've had anything like that, quite like that, ever again. And I'm trying to listen to him preach. I said, God, can't you see that I need to hear the man preaching? And all the Holy Spirit said, you better pray, boy, right now. You better pray. So I started praying. Woman next door, next to me, she hit me like that. I said, lady, I was a redneck then. She I go, slap her. What you hit me for? You was asleep. I said, no, ma'am. I'm not sleeping. I'm praying. And after this service is over, you're going to feel bad for hitting me. I didn't tell her what I was about to do. <laughs> she thought I was going to be mean or something. Preacher says, okay, turn to 140, 240. It's the same one they sung every Sunday night. Just as I am without one plea. I don't remember singing it. I remember hitting the altar. And I got up to preacher. I said, preacher. Brother Hugh, I got something I got to say tonight, but hang on to your hat because I don't want to say it, but I'm going to. So I was 16 years old. I went mounted to the pulpit, 
And I said, you guys better have a seat. And I said, Mom, I'm sorry. You got to listen to this. But this is what God says I got to do. And I began to tell every sin that I ever done. Oh, Lord. Now, does everybody have to do that? Don't you dare do that unless God says do it. You'll scare everybody in this house to death. But I began to tell what they thought was a good boy that I was smoking dope and drinking. I, I just kept on. I, and my mama's sitting down there about to climb under the pew. Now, I don't know why the Lord had me to do that except for one reason. Because you don't have to do that, but you do have to confess every sin you've ever committed to God and ask for forgiveness. There was a woman, in there, and her name was Karen Bacon. She was a young teenager then. And she got saved that night. Now, they told me I was saved at eight years old, but I didn't have a clue. That doesn't mean at eight years old you can't get saved. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I didn't. I just did what people told me to do. But that Sunday night, when I started following Jesus, I did exactly what God said to do. And I had to move a lot of stuff out of old Mike's way. Now, did I live perfect ever after after that? Nope. But I was following Jesus. And I knew there was a difference than what I did before. I was claiming something that I didn't even know I did. You say, well, Mike, if you'd have died before 16, where would you have went? I said, I went to hell. Just because I was baptized and signed the card didn't mean I was saved. And I wasn't following Jesus. Well, y'all remember Judas, right? Judas in the Bible? Is Judas in the Bible? Well, yes. Well, does anybody want me to name my grandson or grand, your granddaughter Judas? Would you do that? No. The reason for that is because that name is a definition of traitor. That name is a definition of betrayal. He, sh- he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. There's nothing that I can tell that's ever good about Judas in the Bible. Except he followed Jesus. Now, does following Jesus mean you're saved? No. Absolutely not. Because he followed Jesus with the other 11. Can I hear an amen? Was Judas saved? No. He's in hell today. Well, Jesus, you're sitting here telling me that Jesus himself didn't reach Judas? That he, Judas went saw the same miracles, heard the same preaching, heard the same gatherings, saw the 5,000 fed. He saw every bit of that, but he didn't get saved. The other 11 did. When it come down to the end of the way, Judas felt bad what he did, but feeling bad is not repentance, is it? It's called remorse. And then the Bible says Judas went out and hung himself. Well, that's why he went to hell, because he hung himself. No, it ain't. No. He went to eternal punishment because... He did not receive Jesus. The other 11 did. Well, what about Peter? Did Peter not deny Jesus? Did Peter not betray Jesus? Sure he did, three times. He even got so bad he was worried about himself, he started cussing around the barrel. 
But then Jesus said, Peter, when you repent, and then we find him in the book of Acts, preaching to over 3,000 people got saved. There's a difference. He had Jesus. Judas didn't. I don't know if Billy Graham's right or not, and it don't matter because Billy Graham's gone, isn't he? And I believe Billy Graham's in, he's in heaven. But he made some very stern statements about the church. He would give up to 40, 45% of the church or better. They ain't no different than Judas. They may be coming to church, listening to the sermons, but they're not committed, they're not saved. They don't know Jesus. Now listen to me. It's very important. One of our men of our church called me, young teenager. And he just got saved the other evening. And he said, tell me about it, man. When I was eight years old, he said, Evidently, he said, I, didn't ha- I, couldn't, I couldn't stay on what I did when I was 18 I, I didn't, or, or when I was 8 years old. I didn't feel like that that was salvation, but I feel like I got saved the other night, and I feel like Jesus is real, and I feel like following him. I said, most likely that's when you got saved. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you got one time to get it right. And that's why you're living on this earth. There is no purgatory. I'm sorry, my Catholic Lutheran. There, there, are, there is no purgatory. You get it right here or you won't get it at all. Now, I'm going to flip-flop for the latter part of this. And I'm going to refer to the advanced bird dogs and the non-advanced. <laughs> and I'm not going to preach on bird dogs. Talk to you. A man came in the congregation a man came into the congregation. And when he walked in, he walked in with a chip on his shoulder. And the pastor was Dr. James Merritt. And he said, Dr. Merritt, I want to ask you a question. He said, does this church accept homosexuals? And he said, sir, homosexuals can come to this church. But he said, if you're telling me, or if you're asking me what I believe about homosexuals, here's what he read. Men and women were doing shameful desires. They turned against the natural way to have sex, and instead, they indulged in the sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal... This is in the Bible, by the way. I'm not talking dirty. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationship with women, burned with the lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result, suffered within themselves the penalty so they richly deserved. When they refused to acknowledge God, He abandoned them... To the, to the evil minds and to them uh, uh, and let them do things they never should have done. Now, when Dr. Merritt shared the truth, this guy said and wrote back on an email, I'm never coming back to your church. 
He said, I have children that are gay. I have friends that are lesbians and homosexuals. And what you're telling me is that the only way that they would be accepted in your church is that they believe the same way you as the preacher believe. I was reading this, and I went on to say, well, we'll jump on homosexual, but now listen to this. He went on to say, when they refused the knowledge of God, he abandoned them to their evil minds and let them do things they should never have done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin. And here it is. Greed, hate, envy, murder, fighting, deception, malicious behavior, gossip, backbiters, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. While homosexuality may not describe you, those sure did. Now, what is the balance? Go to John chapter 1, verse 14. John 1, 14. And the word Jesus was made flesh. He became human. And he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory of his only begotten of the Father. And here it is. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Now, what does that mean? What does that refer to? Is homosexual lifestyle wrong? Yep, just like gossip. You say, it's not the same. But it's not? So when did sin become, according to the Scripture, different? You see, the problem is, you want to jump down on one when you're guilty of the other. Can I tell you why and what the difference is of Jesus? When Jesus came to this earth, the Bible says that lost people drew to him. You know what the church does today? Lost people don't want to have anything to do with the church today. Because we have become imbalanced or unbalanced. Jesus ate with sinners He hung out with sinners. He made sure that a thief that was dying on the cross by his side received eternal life before he died. Am I telling a lie? Telling the truth? There are churches that all they do is preach grace. I hear that on my buddy Joel. Grace, grace, grace. Nothing wrong with that. Except there's a lot of truth in the Bible. So then there are those that preach, stomp on your toes, then stomp on your feet, and then will kick you in the gut every Sunday. 
They'll tell you what you do wrong, but they'll never tell you what you should do. Right. They don't balance. I believe Jesus was in the middle. I believe when we only preach grace and we won't tell the truth, that's liberalism. And I believe when we preach truth and don't balance it in grace, that's legalism. And we're not to be a part of either one of those. The Bible tells you and me that we are to have grace full of, just like Jesus. I said, I said from the very beginning, you're going to follow Jesus or you're going to follow what you want? Because some of you are so doggone prejudiced toward not just race, you're prejudiced against sin. And, and we all should be against sin. But what about the sinner? Thank God somebody loved Mike Franklin enough that was flipping and flopping and failing and doing stupid stuff that somebody on the light side loved me. Somebody saw something there when I couldn't even see it in myself. You see, sometimes I think what happens is that we don't know how to live in liberty. We're we're afraid of freedom. We're afraid of liberty. We want to live in bondage, so we think that if we live in bondage, we won't sin. No, the Bible says, if you can't, if you live in bondage, I promise you, you're going to sin. But if you learn to live the life of a balanced life and learn to have grace and truth in your life, then you can learn to live in the liberty that Jesus talks about that he came to give us in John 8. When we get saved, we've all met those that are critical. They like to judge. They feel like that the only way that they're comfortable is in a small little old group that believe the same way they do. They have no toleration for anybody outside of what they believe. And let me tell you something. You can do what you want. That's up to you. But Jesus didn't tell us to empty the house. He told us to fill the house. But you won't fill it because he's the one that does it unless you do it with grace. What is the definition of grace? The unmerited favor of God. It's the forgiveness of God. How do you think you got saved? By God's grace. For by grace are you saved. Hey, man, if he stuck the law on you and me... All, he, all Jesus would have to do on a daily basis is let your mind be an out, a, a broad speaker. And all of a sudden, we'd find out, whoa. You might look holy. You might even think you are holy. But holiness will never come from you. It can only come from Jesus. You might think your, right, your righteousness is something big to tote around and, and, and look how spiritual I am, but it's the righteousness of Jesus. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. But Jesus, he cleansed us. He made us white as snow, crystal as a clear river. When it comes to the relationship we can have with Jesus Christ. I don't know why it was. But everywhere Jesus turned. He was getting slam dunk. 
Did he not? Everywhere he turned. I'll go ahead and give you the points. I don't preach all over them. For you and I to follow Jesus, we need compassion of grace. We need the conviction of truth, and we need the combination of both. You cannot be one side or the other, or you're a liberal, or you're a legalist. You know what a legalist is? Women, I'm going to put in the bulletin this week, but I'm going to go ahead and pre-warn you. If you wear a pair of pants to this church, you're following the devil. Men, if you let your hair touch your ear, y'all laugh at me, but my generation, that was real. Men, if you don't wear coats and ties and look like a crick, whoop, look like a Christian. I liked it done a somersault. Might have said a few words coming out from the past if I'd have had. If you don't wear a coat and tie, if you don't look like a Christian, smell like a Christian, look like a Christian, you ain't one. The people that I grew up with, if they saw me in a, even with a coat on, without what I wear on Sunday, they say, you ain't no Christian. But in the White House, in the Senate, in the Congress, in the FBI, and all that, they wear suits and ties, man. They look like Christians, but they're all lying, thieving. Well, I said I wasn't going to get on politics. But they don't tell the truth. You're seeing it on national TV. We're people going to jail. They're supposed to be protecting us. Good night. Well... It is difficult to know what to do with, with different, different sins. I, I got that. I'll be honest. We ain't got it. You know, I told you about them birds on that map, and X marks the spot. Most of them were there when, until the hawk got there and got ahead of us and busted everything up. But Lanny loved Jesus. And Lanny had some alternate lifestyles coming in the youth group. And he loved them. But he told the truth. He balanced it with grace, I think, and truth. Or they wouldn't have come, I promise you. They had to feel love or they wouldn't ever come. You say, that's, by golly, we got it worked out now. We know exactly what to do until youth trip comes. And then all you balanced people, they ain't staying in my daughter's room. They ain't going to stay with my grandchild. I only say that not to be a smart aleck, even though that's acting like a smart aleck. Some stuff we don't know what to do about. We just don't know. But let me tell you what. Does Jesus love sinners. If he don't love sinners, he went to a great extent to save them. That's grace. Truth, I read to you Romans 1. The lifestyle of a homosexual is wrong. Lesbianism, wrong. Gay lifestyle, wrong. 
And, 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 and I can give you a simple illustration of that. If there was Steve and Reed, and God made them both, and he told Steve and Reed to be fruitful and multiply, we wouldn't be here today. Because Steve and Reed, when they died, it's done. It's over. That's not what God intended. God intended us, if we get married, not everybody has to get married. Matthew 7 says, but if you're burning in your lust, it would be better that you marry than to live in that kind of turmoil. And make sure you pray for the right one. But then, in the church, we say we're following Jesus, but we backbite, we gossip, we complain. Our hearts are not committed to Jesus, and we come to church once a month. Now, I'll balance that. I know you coming in here sitting one hour or 30-minute sermon doesn't make you any more of a Christian than if you followed me at home at my house and you stood 30 minutes in my garage would make you a car. I know that. It didn't make Judas a Christian. And he heard everything that the other 11 disciples heard. The other disciples got it right. Judas, he didn't make that decision. You're free to do that. You're free to, you're free, you're free to reject Jesus. You're free not to want to be committed or follow Jesus. You're free to do that because you've got a choice. But don't get down to the end of the road, cross over to the other side and get mad at me because I didn't tell you what the truth was. I'm going to close with this because it's important that you understand what I'm talking about. Got to find it first. You see, grace says, I love you just the way you are. Truth says, I love you too much to let you stay the way you are. Grace says, I love sinners. Truth says, I hate sin. And that's okay. Grace says, anybody can come to God. Truth says, everybody must come through Jesus. Can I hear an amen, church? Grace says, God is love. Truth says, God is holy. Grace says, there is a heaven. Truth says, there is a hell. Grace says, there is salvation for those who receive it. Truth says, there's judgment for those who don't. Grace says, you're saved by grace through faith. Truth says, faith without works is dead. That means you ain't saved. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of things I don't know how to balance out, and I don't know what to do with. 
But I know some of my family fall in the category of some of the sins that I talked to you about. What do you do, Mike? I don't hit them over the head with the King James. And I don't beat them up. I love them. If they were saying, Mike, do you believe my lifestyle is right? I'd say, nope. And I said, that's all I'm saying. Go to Romans 1 and read it for yourself. But yet somehow we excuse some sin. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else of pride, greed, gossip, lying. And somehow we excuse those. We say, man, ain't that bad. Yeah, it is, too. It is in God's eyes. And some of you lie every week. Because God speaks to you. He convicts you of what you're doing. He, you know what you're not doing right. You know you haven't made it right with God. You know that there's things in you that are, uh, uh, there's a void there. You feel an uneasiness when I preach. And I hear people say this all the time. When I go out here, I feel like the Holy Ghost is all over me. I feel like he's, just, he's trying to talk to you. He tried to talk to Judas and Judas wouldn't listen. He's just speaking. God loves you, he made you for a purpose, and he wants to use you in his service. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and stand with me quietly till you feel it.